not, it's not one of the three, which... What? I know, I know. Which is hurtful. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music, where you get to hear everything you need to know about music from the perspective of a 20-something-year-old. That's you. And a 40-something-year-old. That's me. All right, so uh, what are we talking about today? Who am I learning about? I get to do today. You get to do today. That's pretty good. Um, I am going to do, in three songs, Aretha Franklin. Ooh, R.I.P. Which I really did struggle with. Because trying to narrow her volume of enormous catalog that she has into three songs is really hard. So what I did is I tried to pick the what I think are essential songs of understanding who she was and how she sings. I think this is a really important one for us, especially considering, you know, she just passed away, which is very sad. Yeah, but August 16th of this year. Yeah. You know, you always knew about Aretha Franklin, but... After seeing how everyone reacted, and you realize that she was so much more important. Isn't it than sad you that it takes have. a death to see that, though? It, it is really. But you're really right; sad. it did happen. You realize how much of an impact she really did had, and how she was such the queen of soul. And and that was, by the way, one of the themes that I have here for you is she is the definitive, essential meaning of the word soul. Oh, I love soul. All right, tell me about her. Okay, she was born in 1942. In Memphis, Tennessee, but very quickly moved to Detroit, which is where she pretty much stayed her whole life. Her dad was a, a minister, and he was a seriously awesome minister. He was, had this, what they say, a million-dollar voice. Like, he was amazing. And he would be sent to different places in the country to basically give these speeches and sermons and was paid pretty well for it. So he would bring her along... And she eventually started singing in the choir. And that's where she started. And that is really essential to this is gospel music. Was Soul. her dad like a famous, a famous pastor? I don't, I'm not qualified to say like how famous he was. But was like, oh, he's got a good voice. Or was he like one of those big time pastors? From that- what I understand, this guy was awesome at what he did. And was called upon and traveled regularly to other places to give special sermons and speeches. Oh, so, yeah, so he was a big deal then. He was very big He wasn't just your local pastor. No, he was kind of a big deal. And then she started singing in the church choir, and people were like, you have really a daughter with a voice here. And what he basically did was, fast forward the clock a little bit, he put her on the road with this traveling gospel choir bus tour kind of thing. And she started then meeting a bunch of stars, like the Soul Sisters, Quincy Jones, um, Dinah Washington, and these people were saying, lady, you're going to be something. Like, you're, you've got something there. So on the road, her big kind of start was she started singing for Martin Luther King. Which is a huge start. And if we fast forward the clock, she actually sang at his funeral in 1968. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it comes quite a long way, but... That's really how she started, was seeing this gospel soul music. But from her father, she learned how to command the crowd, which is essential to understanding what she was able to do and the power that she had. She wasn't just a singer. She had control 
of the crowd. And this is going to go into some of the things that you and I talk about frequently, which is the difference between live music and this produced electronic studio music. She has this ability to connect with people, which absolutely comes from the church, in creating this power and this buildup where all of a sudden the people in the church just erupt and they can't handle themselves anymore because of how she commands the crowd. You're getting me excited. I, would, I really wish that I could have got to listen to her live because she right. sounds like kind of exciting. It's, it's pretty amazing, right? So 1967, she's married. She marries mm-hmm. this guy. And his name is Ted White. Okay? Okay. They go to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which could be a whole show in itself, by the way. Never heard of it. Muscle. Oh, really? No, Muscle Shoals, Alabama is this iconic, special place where um, this amazing music came from. All of the huge stars of the era went down here to record music, and there's just this special something about fame studios. And all of these swampers basically come together and make this unbelievable music. I mean, incredible people. We need to save swampers. that. All right, yeah, we, we we're going to have to talk know, about we this. To, we'll talk about it another Muscle time. sounds like a really low budget spring break oh, no, destination. No, 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 no offense no. to anyone from Listen, Muscle Shoals. If you get a chance to watch the Muscle Shoals documentary on Netflix, it will explain everything. Okay, so it's a big deal. No, 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 right, no. We'll it is. It, it's it. essential. We'll and one, I'll tell you what we should do. It's one of the podcasts that we actually should do is iconic places to record. That's one of them. I like that. Yeah. We could talk. I'd be very down for that. Anyway, but for now, just understand that there's this place in Alabama called Muscle Shoals where at Fame Studios, she goes and she records, and she was going to do a bunch of songs, but her husband, Ted White, who was literally a pimp, Okay, this guy, <laughs> this guy, like in the literal sense. No, of the no, word. no, literally. Like flipping he, tricks. He pr- pimped prostitutes specifically to raise money to fund the beginning of her career. As a wife, how do you feel about that? Are you cool with it, it if it's going towards your career? It, n- no, they got a divorce shortly after because of domestic violence disputes. Mm. In 1969, they got a divorce. Like pimping strong. It, bad news. But throughout that period. She produced some of the most soulful music that is just about what it is to be a woman. And, and, and in her eyes, in this soulful Southern way, that it's quite incredible. Very different from what a lot of people are, are doing nowadays. It, it's a different perspective on a woman's role, especially for the late 60s. And we'll get to that in a little bit because it's one of the songs I really want to cover. So it's, it, 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 but it's important. All right. So anyway, she goes down to Muscle Shoals and she records I Never Loved a Man the Way That I Love You, which is not a song that I'm going to play for you, but it's, it's one of her songs so that's iconic. Is this one of your three songs that you have to no. know, Rita Franklin? No. I, 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 I want to just for a second, I just want you to hear just, just for what it is, okay? Only because it's going to set the tone of who she is, okay? This doesn't count, though. Because this theme runs through so much of her music. She's like, I don't understand who you are, why you're a liar, why you're a cheat, but I don't understand why I love you as much as I do. So she talks about these themes throughout, and it's one of the other things, soul, but this woman's perspective that she gives on the relationship between a man and a woman carries through four, almost five decades of her music. It's, there's a theme there. I never love a man the 
So, anyway, the first song I really want to get to, which I think is, is essential to understanding who she is, is this song. Chain of Fools. Great song. Now, listen to this back and forth in the beginning between her and her backup singers. Oh, she does that really well. Very. Now, listen to her phrasing of this soul music. The pleading and the screaming that she has, but it's in key and it's perfect. But you know this girl's serious. There's this begging. I mean, right? Listen to the words. And then I'm gonna tell you something about this song that you're just gonna you're just gonna go, wait, what? Okay, so she's basically saying, look, you treated me mean, you treated me cruel. My father says, look, come home. My doctor says, take it easy. But your loving is just too strong. And I'm headed back to your chain. Like, I can't get away. I might be weak, but I'll give you strength. And this is about her husband who is a pimp. Just listen to this. You see the church in here? Of course. Okay. She says one of these mornings the chain is gonna break. In other words, she's gonna break. But until then, I'm gonna take all I can get. In other words, she just she's gonna take it as long as she can until she can't take it anymore. And how about this? So it's it's Grammy Award for the best female vocal in 1968. It's in the Grammy Hall of Fame, this song. And it's unique in the sense that the whole song is in C minor. One chord. It never changes chords. No, there's not a lot of songs you can do that. Now think of think of wait, 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 yeah, wait. you heard me right. Hold on. So, yeah. Well, how does that work? Yeah, how does that work? Is, doesn't a song have to have no progression? No, the bass goes in different places, but every time that he's playing a note, it's in the C minor scale. But if I was to play on the piano or a guitar, the only chord I would play is C minor. Oh, I could definitely one play a song. chord. So how cool is that? That's song number one. I just want you to... Well, we're going to start there. Because then you see her phrasing. You see how serious she is. This pleading, this moaning, this begging, but this... I'm willing to take it from you because you're my everything. You see, you see what I'm saying? This is, this is a different perspective. This is not what women were usually singing, yeah, especially in the say, late 60s. I feel like this is not something you could get away with just anyone talking about. Because like that, I mean, I, granted, I wasn't alive back then. Neither were you. No, neither but, was I. But uh, 
Like, that wasn't something that people were openly talking about. And I've said this to people before, and they've said to me, well, what about respect? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I said, that's an Otis Redding song. She covered that song. Yeah. Her songs, though, are about this from a heartbroken woman's perspective, about she could never love a man more than she loves this guy. She she just killed respect, though. I mean, like, no, no, no. That's, a, it's her, that's her song. No, now. no, it's totally her song, and it's it's an anthem, and it's 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 a there's some civil rightsness to it, and there's like a stand up and fightness to it, but it's not her song. It's like she what she really talks about is this saying a little prayer for her man, this daydreaming of her man, making her feel like like a natural woman. This on and on and on theme, which brings us to song number two, which I'm gonna say. Might be my favorite song of hers, hands down. Hands down. Yeah, which I know is really tough for me to say. Well, you already played my favorite song by her starting the show off. So. That was it? Oh, well, yeah, that's just a great song. Chain of Fools is a good one, too. I'm, I'm curious to see what you're going to play, but the, yeah, the first this one song is, just is a classic. slow, slow song that if there's anything about her, you've got to understand is this phrasing and this soul that she has. The second song. It's called Ain't No Way. And this, if, if you get a moment to just really listen to this song, it will knock you off your feet. And it's because of her and this phrasing that she has. And she basically says, it ain't no way for me to love you if you won't let me. The line is, oh, but how can I give you all the things I can? Listen to this, the way she says it. Which is simple. How can I give you all the things I can if you're tying both of my hands? But she just doesn't say that. Listen to the way that she says it. And especially the O. See what I'm saying on this phrasing of what she's able to do? She's able to take simple lyrics of just a few words, but, but she's saying so much, and you feel it. That's all soul right there, brother. That's all soul. I want to call my girlfriend and apologize <laughs> for something. I don't know what. And then, just, and then we're going to skip, but I don't want to belabor the point too much, but let's get to the bridge. This upper register that she starts to sing in, you hear her now, she's like begging, she's pleading, she's yelling and screaming, all in this beautiful, perfect, harmonious, lush, listen to this. Stop to be 
okay. <laughs> now, I'm you so see what I... sorry you were hurt. Or, I mean, that's just... <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> She's begging, please let me do it. Let me you love you. better. There ain't no way. Okay. All right. So that's, that's song number two, but you see why, right? No, yeah. it, that's not a popular song, but that is essential to understanding what she sings and how she sings it with that level of soul. If I gave you those lyrics and you just read them, you'd go, okay, that's nice. But when she does it, it's that's unbelievable. powerful. Okay. Very powerful. The, the last song was really hard for me to pick. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And... It's off of her alive album. And the reason I chose it is because I really want you to feel the spirit of Aretha. Okay? A live album. Yeah. This is live at Fillmore West. Is this one of those live albums where it's, it's more popular than the regular album? Or is this no. just a this Nobody just knows about show. this. Okay. People that know about this know about this, but then most of the people don't know about If you this. know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah. Now, Fillmore West, we're going to talk a lot about, but understand there was Fillmore East and Fillmore West. Fillmore West was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So when she went to film, the, film, to record this, she said, you know what, I'm in San Francisco. I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some kind of hippie San Francisco stuff. So she does love the one you're with. She does some other things that are kind of, she does Eleanor Rigby. And she also does Bridge Over Troubled Water. Which we just, which we just did on, about, on yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. But, but my point is, so she came out of her comfort zone a little bit to sing to the people in San Francisco, but also brought her stuff that she's really good at. But what I want to play you now is a song called Dr. Feel Good. Play it. A song that she wrote. And it's basically a song that says, I don't want people hanging around me and my man. Okay, I don't want to be just sitting, chitting, and chatting with you. I I don't need what all you other girls say that you need. I don't need pills. I don't need some doctor. All I need is my man. But the way that she says it is with this gospel, unbelievable control of the crowd. And that's what I want you to get from this. It's pure, bluesy amazingness. Okay? All right, play for me. Dr. Feelgood, February 5th, 1971. And she's playing the Fender Rhodes organ. She's playing. Really? Yeah. Not a stretch. She's got the King Curtis Band with Billy Preston, which, by the way, is an unbelievable guy we should talk about as well. But listen to the way she says, sitting around, me and my man. Listen. Now, this song has a buildup that's unbelievable, okay? So I'm going to fast forward a little bit just to a part where I want you to feel where she starts to kind of come in. You can listen to this song over and over and over again. They're just so relaxing. She starts to flip out. Look, let me get to it. And, and this is where she starts to play with the crowd. So remember we started in the church? This is very church-like music. Oh, yeah. And you can't do this in the studio without an, without an audience. Don't get me wrong, keep 
No, no, that humming is the recording. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to adjust the audio. All right, so listen to this. So so far it's been pretty normal, right? Just a good good bluesy song. Listen to the crowd. Now she's like, okay, here we go. Ready? Are you ready? like this for minutes I mean upon minutes upon minutes I mean she just and you're hooked she, you hear the crowds right there with her right yeah okay so yeah she just sounds like she's commanding everybody there yeah she's got full control but so calm yeah so she, and she's got this this up and down vacillation that she just she's got you she's got the crowd who else would do that where is she that's what a preacher does that's what they do in in church this does sound like a nice right? Southern Baptist church. Now, she goes through this almost ecstasy-like explanation of her feelings. And this, this like, this is what he makes me feel like. And she goes back and forth playing with the crowd like this. She almost uses that gospel-like play with the audience to, to convey this message to them. You can't do that without that crowd. And she knows she's got them. Oh, yeah, you can just hear him go right? from saying nothing to real. Remember the beginning of the song? And now here we are. Listen to this. Now she knows she's got him. She won him, right? Now she can do whatever she wants. Now, if I played that for you, you'd go, we're in church, right? Yeah, it does. But I would go to church a lot more. <laughs> All right, watch this. I could see her right now. Right. Like, she's I know. like freaking out. Yep. All right, I'm going to leave it there because it, you need to see that and feel that for yourself and just see the command of the crowd that she has. But my point is, you can't do that with any other kind of music. And there's no one that did it better than her. There's no one that had that much soul and conviction and crowd control and phrasing that she had. Her voice, That's why she was the queen. I know that it sounds obvious to say that the voice is the main instrument in a lot of 
music, but not not always. Like some people, if you took out the rest of the instruments, it would be good. Right. But if you took out everything other than her voice, it would probably be like 90% as good. She could read a menu to me. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's just her phrasing of the simplest things. So that to me is Aretha Franklin. Chain of Fools, Ain't No Way, which, oh, unbelievable, and then Dr. Feelgood. I mean, I was already sold I got before, it, but... And then I got to throw in my bonus. This is my bonus song. Because there's so many honorable mention songs. This is my but, favorite song. Ever. I know, because it's unbelievable. But have you heard... Now, now that I've told you everything I've told you, do you hear this song differently of what she's saying and why she's saying it? The moment I wake up. Everything is all about her man. Everything is about her man. Everything. Everything. Who was a pimp? Who? Well, who one, be, one of her two her husbands. But, yeah, but I mean... It, is that incredible? This song, this is one of the songs that inspired me to want to play the piano. Sure. Seriously. It's an unbelievable song. All right, so let's leave it there because we could go on forever. But that's Aretha in, free, in three songs, which was really difficult to do. But I hope that helped. Do you I understand just, her a little better? Wouldn't mind listening to her for the rest of the night. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. But if I had to do it in three, that's, those are the three I had to go with. Fair enough. And I hope you show me all these songs and I listen to them on the way home. Again, like by right. myself in solitude, driving home, and it—they're all pretty incredible. They really are. They really are. Good. I'm so glad. Well, we'll leave it there then. I hope you liked it. Hope you learned a little bit. We'll see you next time.